Hello, welcome to another Orthopod. I'm very privileged to be able to spend a few minutes talking to a friend, a colleague, someone who has taught me more than he probably knows, uh, Professor Shaker Kumta, who is currently the uh, Professor of Orthopedics at the Chinese, Chinese University of Hong Kong, is an assistant dean in the Faculty of Medicine, and also is the executive director in the Center for Bioethics there. Welcome, Shaker. Greg, so um, we are in the business of um, treating, healing, understanding, people so whatever happens to people be it covid uh, an epidemic or significant changes in the environment and uh, the issue in hong kong particularly concerns uh, the uh, issue of uh, who controls uh, the hong kong uh, legal and human rights situation which is now under the scrutiny of the mainland so hong kong was a one country two systems um, arrangement and that has been severely curtailed now notwithstanding all these political developments uh, our fundamental role as uh, physicians primarily is to to treat and heal and and uh, you know be responsible for the health care of the population and i think that's where even though there are major protests that have happened and through the protests uh, we have been continuing our services and keeping our focus alive on 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 service on uh, teaching which is very important on continuing research and continuing uh, uh, innovation because i think eventually it is people that matter and and regardless of where we are we have to have a very very broad and humanitarian perspective and i think that requires uh, good leadership at the medical level in fact at all levels uh, we shouldn't be lost in in violence we shouldn't be taking political sides although we may have political opinions of our own but when it comes to um, major calamities and issues and i i view social disturbances in hong kong in the same category as the pandemic and i think that has taught us many lessons in fact we learned our lessons from sars that you know, social distancing is quite important. Personal protection is also very important. In fact, that was a, a, a major mind shift and a cultural change that SARS introduced. So during these periods of um, um, community strife, social disturbances and, and the COVID-19, mm -hmm. we pretty much were able to maintain almost 75, 80% of our service without curtailing. It is just that we had to prioritize and make room for um, should there be mass casualties when the social disturbances um, uh, became quite uh, violent. And in the in the context of the recent uh, pandemic, oh, we were expecting the hospitals might be overwhelmed and, and we might have run out of space. So I think, again, during the time of SARS, we did some very clever planning, very clever rearrangements. So they were the hospital was divided into a clean and and a uh, potentially contaminated area likewise orthopedic services here were reorganized and there was a special covid 19 positive uh, elective surgery set up so that in case there were patients who needed elective surgery but were covid positive and couldn't wait they could be operated in in one unit but everywhere else in fact uh, because our, my practice is oncology based uh, we were able to do all our oncology cases 
uh, all of primary trauma care was maintained just as before and, and they just needed some manpower reorganization um, very very good training for personal protective equipment how to use it and i think what really helped us is the screening process in fact anybody who came into hospital was considered covid positive or exposed unless proven otherwise so there was a very rigid uh, history taking very um, careful assessment of of symptoms uh, checking of temperature and and those who we had the slightest suspicion got a covid positive a covid test and the within a short period of time we were able to get uh, the PCR test, which is which is very accurate, so all in-hospital patients were able to have a, a robust uh, diagnostic uh, facility, and that's why I think Hong Kong was blessed in in some way. But I think it prepared it had prepared itself. All the medical personnel were quite used to being re-shunted, uh, so we had interns and we had uh, the junior faculty. Um, they were also placed on special COVID duty on, on backup and, and standby. So I think we were able to ride the uh, crisis. Shaker, you, I, I know, have done a lot of thinking on the ethics of how we educate and the ethics of the decisions we make. I mean, there is an ethical dilemma now, isn't there, about reopening um, with the reality that there may be you know, life lost. And we've seen many countries make that gamble, but saying the economy versus healthcare, right? That's the balance we start seeing and saying we can't let the economy go down so we'll open up healthcare. You're probably seeing exactly that that exact statement happening in Brazil. Brazil has made that statement from the presidential lines that the economy is much more important potentially than lives lost. Has that calculus happened at all um, in in what's happening in Hong Kong area or is or have you always been in that in the mindset that the Healthcare will proceed, you know, as such. You, you mentioned a little bit about the economy staying open, but has there ever been this ethical dilemma? No. So, you know, I'm a bit surprised that. Well, actually, I shouldn't be surprised. It's the level of preparedness that goes with opening an economy, and uh, also the 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 uh, you know the support and the buy-in from the population, the people who right. are going to be at risk, they themselves have to be. I'll give you an example. It's not at all difficult to convince almost anybody and everybody in Hong Kong to wear a mask. The compliance is, and there have been studies in excess of 90%. Okay. There is a modeling done which we, by the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology which said that if you get 80% of the population to wear masks, you flatten the curve and you, you decrease the number of cases to almost 20%. That was the modeling that they, they did. There's a, there's a good explanation of how they came to that conclusion. So opening up an economy and getting life back to normal requires a lot of preparation. In Hong Kong, that preparation is quite easy because everybody is, is um, you know, pretty tolerant of masks. They, they expect hand hygiene has become the norm. Hand yeah. hygiene was always practiced yeah. in kindergartens and schools mm -hmm. and and every outpatient department had uh, very, very strict uh, hand uh, washing guidelines. In fact, even in the surgical OTs, we were audited wow. for how many minutes we wash our hands and who, you know, after what procedure. So in the wards, you touch a patient, you have to wash your hands. And 
and I think that culture of, of uh, first of all, self-protection. Secondly, understanding that if you if you do not manage risk, you you extend that risk to others and not one person to many others. And I think that is the ethical principle behind, you know, very clever opening of the economy with good steps of preparation. I don't think it's wise to just open the economy and let people have. It's like, a, you know, it's like a roulette. Whoever gets yeah. it, gets it. Who doesn't get it? Oh, yeah. And who gets yeah. a mild dose? And I think that's leaving it uh, too, too much to chance. And I don't mm -hmm. think that is ethical. So without doubt, I think there, there, is, there is nothing wrong about opening the economy because this pandemic has not been generated by the people who are controlling governments in, in their, that's not their responsibility. It just came in from, from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it is the responsibility of everybody to, it was like saying, you know, there's, there's uh, the, the weather is not that good. Mm. Well, you can, you can die if, if uh, it is just a little bit colder. It doesn't have to be a cold wave. And it's up to you to take precautions. Why, well, if you go walking naked without any cold weather protection, of course, you're going to get hypothermia. And I think extend the same principle that, you know, you've got to protect yourself and and there are efforts made by governments to provide you masks and provide you. In fact, when masks were running short, I think there was a scramble. Every government was was trying to get masks. And eventually, I think masks have been available, made available all over the world. There hasn't been a shortage of masks for individuals. It's just individuals. Some may not have access to, to masks, but... There are masks available in every major city in in every country now, and that's that's for that's um, you know that's for sure. And I think I'm not worried about opening economies. I'm worried about people not preparing the population enough, and not enough education has gone. And and I have uh, experience in SARS where I I was able to to uh, to educate 120 families from ethnic minority who didn't know what was happening and they were housed next to a very very big uh, SARS breakout and they had no idea what SARS was they didn't speak the language so I through a church group I was able to meet them and, and uh, educate them about how to use a mask they never even you know worn a mask ever so right. the I educated the the ladies and the children and and you know there were no children's masks then but they still were happy to wear a mask. In fact, it became a bit of a novelty. And none of those 120 families got infected. Wow. So I think I think you know education goes a long way. And 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 you know, community education. People shouldn't rely only on governments, doctors, community healthcare workers. I mean, all of us can educate the population. Right. I can't thank you enough. I mean, this is um, you know insight that we need because what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand globally how we can learn from each other's experiences. And so, as usual, uh, Shaker, you've provided a very uh, thoughtful insights to what's happening in Hong Kong that we, I think, can use and extrapolate to other parts of the world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Boyd. Wonderful talking to you.